from uh, Locked On Big 12 podcast, Josh Neighbors. Josh, good afternoon. How are you, my friend? Nice to be talking to you boys on this fine Masters Thursday. I've, I've been enjoying the golf so far, and uh, plenty of Big 12 representation, 10 Big 12 golfers in the uh, field of 88 this week. Yeah, and you know, it's uh, the golf course, we were just talking about this, how different five months makes uh, in how the golf course is playing from November to uh, to this week. It is a, a dramatically different golf course. Yeah, I mean, 20 under. I think that's what DJ shot and, uh, you know, for his four rounds to win it all uh, back in November. And this, this course is firm and fast. And Justin Rose, he's just been on one today. You know, I, this was not what I expected to see from anybody out there. But um, he's putting himself in a really good position considering how difficult this golf course. I saw a lot of people who thought the winning score might be around 10, 11. Uh, and if that's the case, I mean, he's halfway there already. And with these conditions, it's playing like, you know, almost like it's asphalt right now. Yeah, I mean, it's, I just told Garrett, I said it looks like they're putting in their bathtub. But, uh, you know, he's seven under. Justin Rose is seven under. But he was scuffling early. He actually was nine under over the last 11 holes. I mean, that is outrageous golf uh, under the conditions this golf course is. Yeah, it's, it's really impressive. I mean, especially to shake off a, a bad start. That can be challenging in Augusta. You know, uh, one was presenting some challenges o- earlier today, but you could bounce back on two, obviously, a scorable par five. But with the conditions, you know, if you let this course get in your head just a little bit, um, you're in some serious trouble. And Justin Rose, obviously a veteran, a guy who's, you know, been around for a long time, and he did a good job putting that behind him. And then really he's just going on a great run here, especially on this back nine. I mean, I think he was, what, five under? on the back part of this course. So uh, he really you know, took it to task and put himself in an excellent position uh, going into the weekend. All right, we're talking with Josh Neighbors and Locked On Big 12. Josh, let's, uh, let's dive into some of this. Uh, first of all, let's, uh, let's begin right here in Waco, River City. The Bears win the national championship in basketball. What does that do? What does that mean for the rest of the league, in your opinion? Well, it means a few things. I mean, number one, excuse me, that you should kind of view Baylor um, kind of like how you view uh, Kansas in a way. I and mean, Kansas has you know, sustained it throughout a long period of time, but uh, this is a championship, you know, w- with a team that's been building for a long time. And I think you look at the last two seasons, what they've built there in Waco, and you have to take Scott Drew now as one of the elite coaches in the country with the way he's built that program. I think also, too, it kind of gives you hope that you can build a basketball winner anywhere. I always say Chris Beard you know, built a winner in a short period of time in Lubbock, Texas. And, I mean, you guys live in Texas. You guys know the deal. Nobody would call Lubbock, Texas a basketball town uh, a little while ago, but Chris Beard, through, you know, a few years, made it one of the best home court advantages and one of the best teams in the conference in the country. And it just actually kind of shows, you know, uh, that, that you can do it anywhere. You know, I, I know Waco, Texas probably is the most basketball-centric place, but he has built a winning program, a championship-winning program there, and I think that shows the rest of the Big 12, hey, if you get the right guy and you give it the right amount of time, you can build a championship-winning program uh, in many places across this conference. Josh, where do you see Davion Mitchell being drafted once he officially declares? It's really funny, actually. On tomorrow's show, I'm, I'm talking to um, Rafael Barlow, who is the NBA draft guy for Locked On, and he, he and I were talking about this. You know, it really matters what you value. Uh, Davion is one of those guys who is a very refined defender. He was a very good shooter. And I think a lot of people were saying, uh, you know, well, it was just the tournament where he looked really good. Now, this has been going on for a while now. And when I draft Davion Mitchell, I know I'm getting a guy who's going to, at the worst, be able to guard the other team's best perimeter player. And at the best, you know, have a great skill set 
beyond that, it's going to help him develop as an offensive guy. Um, and so I think he's definitely a lottery pick. I think he's definitely a lottery pick considering how many guards there are that people, you know, are thinking about taking, but they're not sure. You know, the Tennessee kids thinking about, obviously, Scotty Barnes or somebody else people are thinking about right now. But, you know, besides those top three, everything's not really as set as, as we think it is. And I think Davion's got a, a good chance to, to get in there. And, look, if he falls – to 15, 16, then some team that's already in the playoffs is going to get a really good addition and make themselves that much better. What are your thoughts on the hiring of uh, Porter Moser by Oklahoma? Is it one of those things where he, you know, you expect him to step in and do big things, or are you kind of cautious with how we've seen Shaka do uh, in a similar situation down in Texas? I think Oklahoma is the perfect spot for Porter Moser. This is why, guys. So at Texas, you know, you saw a lot of, uh, I mean, Shaka got a lot of guys who were lottery picks, Jackson Hayes. Mo Bamba, obviously Greg Brown and Kai Jones might be joining that class uh, this year. You know, and at Oklahoma, it's a little bit different. A lot of those guys, say maybe Trey Young, those guys stay for a while. Um, you know, those even their better players. You know, Buddy Heald was a four-year guy. Brady Manick, uh, you know, was transferring, but he's got, the guy who's been there for a long time. Same way with guys like Kadeem Latin, and then you think about right now you know, Austin Reeves. That's a place where he can build the program up because he needs to get specific uh, specific kinds of players to play his style, especially on the defensive end. But what he's going to do is I think he's going to cultivate a culture there where every two to three years you're going to see a really old Oklahoma team, and they're going to have a bunch of grown men on the team, and they might bully some teams in the Big 12, especially in tournament settings with the way they play defense. I mean, they they bullied Illinois in that game, and the big difference was the guys didn't make shots for Loyola in their game against uh, Oregon State. He's going to be able to get actually a higher quality of player at Oklahoma, maybe not the highest recruited guys, but he's, he's going to be able to get a lot of three and some, maybe some four-star kids to come in there and really just kind of almost bolster the style that he just played, uh, that his team was playing at Loyola. But it's going to take a little bit of time. But if you have patience, I, I think this thing is really going to work out for them. And Mark Adams is going to take over for Chris Beard up at Tech. Do you think that the Red Raiders got the right guy for the job? Well, I mean, if you look at what they've been pulling in recently, uh, yes, that's, I mean, they've been doing a really good job already in, in terms of transfers and, and also, um, you know, recruiting as well. And, look, Mac McClung might come back. You know, I don't know a ton about Mark Adams. What I will say is this. There is something to a sense of familiarity, you know, having a guy who knows what you want at Texas Tech. And, you know, having him be there, you know, it's it's somebody that knows that Kirby Hocutt's expectations are high. I mean, he was – frustrated and angry last week and he expects this to be a winning basketball program and does not expect them to take uh, much off and so uh, I know I can't say I know a ton about Mark and, and you know, his history and obviously he's been there for a little while but look if they have confidence in that and that's where they really want to go um, you know I think more power to him and I trust her Kirby Hoka because he seemed very very determined to get somebody else to fill uh, that that seat left by Chris Beard. All right, let's uh, let's switch gears here uh, a little bit. Let's let's talk some football and in a lot of teams going through spring drills. And it, we were talking about Kansas yesterday, and Kansas is going through spring football. They're going through spring football, Josh, without a head coach. And not only that, interesting enough, they're changing offenses. They're installing a new offense, yet they don't have a head coach. And I just found that fascinating. Yeah, so I think there's a chance they might just roll. Uh, with interim head coach Emma Jones right now. I think that might just be the best way to handle this. This is a long-term rebuild. And anybody who doesn't think that, you know, uh, is, is kidding themselves. Winning at Kansas is very hard. So you might as well just see what you have with Emmett Jones, not get involved in any kind of, you know, 
I mean, look, if you can get a guy like Lance Leopold from Buffalo to come in and, uh, and coach for you, I mean, that'd be that absolute, that'd be a great hire. But, you know, maybe that's not uh, on the market right now. And so I, I do think maybe just rolling with Emmett Jones and, and, and trying uh, different things right now might just be the, the best way to go while they're still trying to sort more things out. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're committed to next year, you know, taking the right steps and finding the right guy. Obviously, they just get a new athletic director, too. So maybe giving him some time to get acclimated before he makes such a big decision like hiring uh, the football coach, you know, you want to turn this thing around. And that would be popular with the players, I'm sure. Yes, you have to think it would, especially with what they're going through right now and the fact that they're all going through it together and they've got this, you know, got this coach there and they're starting to go through practice. I'm sure they probably want to fight for you know their current coach, so they might just roll with that. And I'm sure that the players will be happy with that for, for the time being. And then you know you can make more decisions um, next season after things. Have, you know you're kind of getting the athletic department in the right direction at that point. And I mean, with Jones' track record as a high school coach at Texas, he you know Seguinville, Dallas Lincoln, Dallas Skyline, that's definitely got to help for recruiting, especially in the, the Metroplex. Yeah, I mean, it's got to help recruiting. And the thing is, if you want to give him a serious look, then you actually are going to have to give him a little bit of time. I mean, I don't really know what, you know, we, so much is unknown right now. But with those connections, you'd think that, yeah, maybe he's got a shot to, to recruit that area. I mean, so many people recruit that area right now. And, look, that's an area that, that KU is going to have to make some inroads in if they want to have a good football program moving forward. Um, so I think, you know, if if you see some things that you like and you see players, you know, kind of flock to the coach this year, obviously to coach Jones, then you say, Hey, this might be something that he, you know, that, that we should stick with moving forward. And if you kind of like the direction of the offense too, uh, you know, that, that could be something that you, you know, you might, uh, or you might even say, Hey, do you want to stay on the staff in a different capacity? Or, you know, maybe he even moves on to find a different job um, in some other role at a bigger place if things go okay, but they still want to go in a different direction in terms of head coach. Josh Neighbors, Locked on Big 12 Podcast. Hey, Josh, what's uh, what's uh, going on with the podcast? What can we uh, check out? So we had a Big 12 Masters preview today. So we talked about you know the, the Big 12 Conference, 10 guys out of the 88 field, uh, which is pretty cool. And then also we have a big NBA draft two-parter coming out. Uh, so we're going to talk about basically all the guys, you know, you know, three Baylor guys is what we started, and also uh, three guards, rather. Great conversation about Mark Vital and what he could do. Um, and obviously he's been making some news with his comments about Gonzaga yesterday. Um, and then also we talk about guys, you know, like, uh, you know, the Texas guys, the two guys I mentioned might be, uh, end up being lottery picks, you know, guys like Austin Reeves. Uh, and so, yeah, and Deuce McBride as well. So kind of a highlight of all those guys and where they might go in the NBA draft. That's coming up on Monday, uh, excuse me, on Friday, tomorrow, and next Monday as well. Josh, always a pleasure. Thanks so much, and I look forward to visiting with you soon. Yep, you guys have a good one. That is a Josh Neighbors, and it is Locked on Big 12 Podcast.